I, I can't I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything. I uh if you watch the Noah Davis Watchcast, you know I try to start off with something different every time, and I guess this counts, but it's copping out a bit because I just I can't think of anything off the off the top, off the dome, and it's been five or ten minutes just sitting at an empty audacity recording. So we will get straight to it. I'm your host, Noah Davis. Welcome to the Noah Davis Watchcast, where I talk to you about everything and anything I watched this week and give you my thoughts. That's that's basically it. It's not your normal watchcast where you watch with me and maybe it'll change to that. But as of this moment and as of the last 20 episodes, it is just me telling you about TV and movies. So let's get straight to it. Loki season two, episode two, totally fine episode, kind of meandered about a bit, set up some more things. It reminds me of the first season where, you know, the first few episodes were fine. They were fine. You watched it and you watched it and then it gradually became great. And so season two, I'm still giving it, you know, I'm still giving it that buffer, that window, that room to grow and expand into something great. Because I mean, my favorite episode of Loki season one is literally the last episode with, uh, you know, the King or the, the man, the, the man who came before, I don't know what they call Kang in that, but it's Kang. So, yeah, I absolutely adore that episode. So, you know, hopefully season two has those peaks. This episode ain't amazing. It's not as boring as, let's say, Secret Invasion by any means, but not amazing. Let's just say, you know, keep it at that. Keep it cool. Keep it chill. Fresh. And I really didn't watch a ton this week. I'm pretty sure... I did the thing where I watched the movie, you know, the day of recording, so I forgot to write it down, and it'll come to me in a week, and by that time, my thoughts aren't fresh, and I don't really want to talk about it, because it's kind of hard to go back to a review. I mean, you definitely can, it's not, but to go into it over the course of five to ten minutes, it's, I don't know, it's just, I just move on, you know, if I missed it, I missed it, if I watched it and didn't talk about it, guess what? I watched it and didn't talk about it. So, The Fall of the House of Usher, which is Netflix's newest modern adaptation of Edgar Allan Poe's works, uh, The Fall of the House of Usher and other Poe works that are interwoven, interwoven, interweaved, inter, yeah, I don't know, interwoven into this overarching story. It's pretty damn good. It's super well written. It's crisp. It's fine. It's clean cut. It's very modern, very chic. It, it feels that it came out 
you know, this year or this week. It, it, it just has that vibe to it. And I think it's another Mike Flanagan production direction creation. He has a way with it. I didn't care for the haunting of Bly Manor. I do really like the movie it's originally based on, but I didn't care for haunting of Bly Manor. I did like haunting of Hill house. I hope I didn't get those two mixed up. You'll never know because I'm not going to look it up right now. I'll look it up later and maybe, maybe correct myself next week. But I don't think he's always hit. I don't think everything he does is amazing or superb yet. What he does, he puts his heart and soul into it. It just exudes passion, and you can tell he loves doing what he's doing, and he knows what he's doing also. And that just, it it comes out tenfold in Fall of the House of Usher, whether it's, you know, everything hinged upon and balanced upon Bruce Greenwood's acting and his monologuing and his character story or the lack of just random pop music. Thank God it's only two or three. <laughs> I just, it's Netflix. So I just assumed, I mean, I just watched that painkiller thing and that had four an episode. It felt like, so it was nice just to see a well-written show with its own scoring, doing the thing that you want it to do. Uh, it's, it's more of a thriller than a horror. I wouldn't say it's that horror other than some body horror stuff. It's not scary per se, but it is a horror themed thriller. So pretty damn close to horror (laughs) as, as close as you can get to it without, I think actually going into it and the way it's able to balance these random, well, not random, but these different, yeah, that's a better word. These different Edgar Allan Poe stories and then have it all sort of coalesce into this big crescendo at the end. It's it's sharp, you know, it, it's quick-witted. It does do some modern writing, like it does a Trump reference in the last episode, and it's like, yeah, I get that, but that's going to be really dated in four, eight years, you know. It's just going to... It's just going to be that thing where you, it's like a bad joke in a movie or a bad joke in a show. It just, you acknowledge it and you keep going. It's not as though one joke or one line is going to ruin an entire show for me, but it was just ham-fisted, came out of nowhere. it's, It's a little much. If you watch the last episode, you'll know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's very strictly, specifically Trump, and it's weird to tie in such a real modern figure into your fictional show. I get that it's in the real world, but that doesn't make me believe it's more real than it was a minute before that joke. You know what I'm saying? It, the, the world felt real enough without you trying to do that, you know, that reach, that little bit of reach and, what can I say? It's it's a good show, very solid show. It might not be what you're expecting if you want a scary horror show. It's definitely not that because it's not really scary. Uh, there might be a couple sequences, but even then, I think they're pretty light scary. They got blood and gore. They they have that. That's that's don't be mistaken. Uh, they they do have that, but they don't really make it scary. 
you know, or maybe they did. Maybe they tried to, and I'm just missing that. And that's just going over my head. And in that case, it's not a good scary. <laughs> so maybe that's a point against the show itself. Who knows? I, I don't know because I don't really get that feeling or that sense that it was trying to be scary or trying too hard to be scary. So it's just nice that it was well-written. It's got a nice little bow on top and it's just one complete package and you, you show that packet, you give that gift to some boom, it's done. It's, it's all there inside. And it's nice not to have random unending plot lines or connections to this and connections to that. It's nice to see all these cool homages to Edgar Allan Poe's work and even small things that you really didn't notice at the time by the end it's all coming together and it's almost pointing out a lot of the Easter eggs or Edgar Allan Poe references that have been surrounding you and the characters the whole time. So that's a really neat way to do it when it's subtle nods and not beating your face in, you know, it's yes, some of the, let's say the climaxes or the endings might be beating your face in, so to speak, but the, everything around it and the small things are just add a nice layer of, oh, did I actually, did I miss a couple things? Oh, I didn't even notice that thing was there. I didn't notice that item was what they're talking about there. You know, it, it does those cool things that allow you to maybe rewatch it, not me, but allow someone else to rewatch it and maybe analyze and see what they missed and just see the small touches and details. So overall, Really good show. Really good. Uh, I, I would, I'd recommend it. There's not really an asterisk other than it's not that scary and don't expect scary. But other than that, great show. And I'm pretty sure that's all I watched this week. I mean, that was 10 hours of TV and then the hour of Loki. And then I did watch Kitchen Nightmares, but I don't think reviewing Kitchen Nightmares makes any sense whatsoever. So we're not going to talk about that because... If you've seen Kitchen Nightmares, you've seen the new season of Kitchen Nightmares. I mean, I love it. It's the top-tier trash TV, <laughs> right beside Flavor of Love, you know. Uh, it's just, you get it, you know. It's it's just, a, it's a new season with new cameras, and that's it. There's, the editing's pretty much exactly the same, maybe a little more modern. Um, Gordon's being Gordon, and bad restaurants are being bad restaurants. That's my review of the newest episode of Kitchen Nightmares. So, you know, let me know if you want to hear it next week. Uh, I'm probably not going to happen. So, with that, I think that is all for this episode of the Noah Davis Watchcast, and I will see you next week, same time, same place, same me. I'm out of here.